Thank you for listening to Excellent Health with the Yukon Kaskokum Health Corporation. On this show, we'll be speaking with medical experts from YKHC about health-related topics that you can use to keep yourself and your loved ones in excellent health. Uli I'm Nikolai Joke from YKHC. I'm very excited to have this conversation today with Dr. Alan Hodges, who serves as the Chief of Staff at YKHC. And it's always great to work with you on this show. I've learned so much from you on every episode that we've recorded together. And for those of you listening, you can find these past episodes of this show on the KYUK website. I'm also joined today by Eliza Ellsworth, who is a physical therapist and manager of therapy services at YKHC. Eliza works at the hospital here and also travels to many of the communities in our region to help people with their physical well-being. Guyana, thanks. Thanks to you both for being here today. Thanks, Nikolai. It's great to be here. All right. So it's the start of the new year for for me, uh, and, and I think traditionally, it means that everyone's setting resolutions. And for me, it's always about getting in shape, getting healthier, getting happier, just in general. And uh, what I know about myself is that I don't spend much time thinking about things like heart health or researching exercises that are appropriate for my age, and I'm almost 40 now. And the lifestyle that I have, uh, you know, maintaining the body that I need to keep going and doing the things that I love to do. So also February happens to be American Heart Month. So those are some things that we're going to be talking about on on the show today, and I'm excited about that. Um, So Dr. Hodges, let's start with you. Uh, can you explain what the heart does and why it's so important to keep it healthy? Oh, absolutely, and thanks uh, thanks again for having us on the show. So the heart is um, sort of like the engine of the body, and I, I always like to think of it in, in mechanical ways, like it's a pump. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's a pump. So it pumps the blood uh, throughout your entire body, um, beating anywhere from 40 to 120 times a minute uh, every every day of your life. And you don't even have to think about it. It just beats automatically. It's really quite a miraculous organ. Um, so it delivers all the nutrients uh, to all parts of your body, delivering oxygen and taking away carbon dioxide mm-hmm. and taking away waste. So it's really the, I guess, you know, it's not, you can't really overstate the importance of the heart. Like it's the key to keeping uh, your entire body moving um, and, and all the things healthy in your heart. And it's very important to have a healthy heart um, to keep, you know, to keep you doing all the things you want to do, like all the things that you're mm-hmm. talking about that you want to do. Yeah. So I, in preparing for the show, I thought about in grade school when we were learning about, you know, alveoli and all that kind of stuff in the, in the lungs and mm-hmm. the red, uh, the blood coming in red and going out blue. <laughs> Those yeah. are some of the things that I thought about um, in, in the way that the heart works. Um, so what are some of the things that we can do to keep our heart healthy? Great. Well, probably one of the most important things that that all of us can do is to, to eat healthy. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as this show goes on. Um, but certainly traditional subsistence diets are very healthy for your heart. Uh, and traditionally, heart disease has uh, been very rare in, in the population that mm-hmm. we serve out here in the Alaska Native population. It's been very rare. It has only been recently, and by recently I mean the last 10 years, that heart disease has become uh, one of the number one killers oh, wow. of people in our region. It's uh, b- Before that, it was infectious disease. It was accidents and things like that. And now um, I like to think um, that um, maybe that's a step backwards, that we're all now uh, more at risk for dying of heart disease. So eating healthy. And we think a lot of this has to do with the subsistence diet and the physical activity associated with a subsistence lifestyle. It's really hard work um, and a good way to stay physically fit. So that's, that's really important, eating healthy and staying active. So what does eating healthy look like? 
like in especially in this context in southwest alaska sure so we want to eat as few processed foods as we possibly can mm -hmm. so uh, as much uh, as possible and, and i you know you, you sometimes everybody wants a bag of chips or a box of of, of pre-made cookies everybody wants uh -huh. that or a pizza from uh, from the store um and those but those should be rare those should be <coughs> treats okay. um and you should really have uh, to, to eat as, as little processed food as you possibly can uh the native um diet the subsistence diet extremely healthy for your heart uh, the omega-3 uh, fatty acids that are, are common in salmon for those mm -hmm. who can eat it. I know there are people with allergies, but for those who can eat it, uh, that's very healthy for your heart and is recommended uh, by the American Heart Association uh, to help you know keep your heart healthy. Uh, so that's good. Uh, the lean game meat that comes from caribou and moose and muskox, very healthy for your heart. Um, the processed meat that you get at the store um, is not as healthy as the, as the wild game. Things like game. spam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not as healthy for your heart. <laughs> um, and the berries and the greens and the mouse food that people uh, uh, gather on the tundra, mm -hmm. very healthy for your heart. Um, and blueberries in particular are an antioxidant. That's also very good and, and healthy for your heart. So that's also really important. So the, the, that kind of diet is very good. Um, but then as little processed food as you can. So as much as possible, uh, fresh fruits or frozen fruits and vegetables or canned fruits and vegetables. Uh, so trying to avoid the sodium and some of the canned stuff. But those are, those are very healthy as well. Uh, I know in some of the villages, it's very difficult to get fresh produce. And that's okay. Frozen or canned is also good. You know, that was interesting. Um, I was driving and, and listening to KYUK, and there was a PSA on there um, from SNAP. And they were talking about how um, it, canned and, and, and frozen uh, fruits and vegetables are just as healthy as fresh. Yep. Like, I, I was really... I guess in my mind, I thought, oh, the, the value goes down or the, the quality goes down, but that's not the case. I, no. was, I was really surprised to learn that. Yeah. Excited. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, we always think fresh is best, and, and it mm -hmm. is best. And maybe it tastes better, or maybe you prefer the taste of it. Uh, but certainly, especially in the winter when it's really hard to get fresh fruits and vegetables that are undamaged and not cost prohibitive to eat, it's very it's very important uh, to just try to increase that four or five servings a day. That's what we want you to kind of target for your fruits and vegetables. And you can sort of think of your plate as a circle. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that circle, uh, you want at least half of it to be vegetables or fruits. Okay. Um, you know, that's a really important kind of thing to think about. And then maybe a quarter of it carbs and a quarter of it protein. Um, and so that's kind of how I like to think about it if you, if you think about how you want to try to eat healthy. But we can't talk about this without mentioning um, quitting tobacco. Um, for your heart, uh, that is one of the most important things you can do. Um, tobacco, uh, chewing tobacco or smoking tobacco is very, very toxic to your body. And in particular, it's very damaging to your heart. Uh, so, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the heart and what blood pressure is, and tobacco really affects that, all of that together. So, if you do nothing else <laughs> and take nothing else away, uh, quitting or cutting down on tobacco is, is that's, key that's good for to heart know. health. I'm coming up on six years of no tobacco, and I, I actually like quit drinking and tobacco at the same time. So that was oh nice. That was <laughs> that was hard. That is hard. Well, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I actually like checked into rehab on Valentine's Day. So, uh, like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Something yeah. for good for your heart. <laughs> exactly. Your so. anniversary is coming up. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. Almost six years now. Mm -hmm. So, that's awesome. Uh, and so, let's also talk about. We can't forget about exercise. Sure. You know that that's healthy for the heart. It's healthy for the body. So, Eliza, thank you for joining us. Um, so, can you talk about how important it is to keep our bodies in good health and what that looks like, just in general? Um, in general, I want to say, well, if I took it as physical health, right, like, um, 
nowadays physical health can include mental health, social health, mm-hmm. and then physical health, uh, that kind of stuff. So if I were to make it simple, it would be true. Physical health refers to the well-being of the body and how could, and this could mean how well a person can function. Can they do what they want to do as long as they want to do it? Yeah, every single day. Right? Every single day. Um, So, but this also includes not just being fit, but it's, are your organs functioning properly? Like, is your heart functioning properly? Are your lungs functioning properly? Ties into tobacco, ties into Mm -hmm. heart health, that kind of stuff. So if those, if you're... Uh, if your body has a cardiovascular disease or you have you smoke, then those organs aren't working very well. So then it adds to how it's difficult to be more physically active. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as a personal story, like before, um, a- as a young, dumb uh, teenager, <laughs> um, I played a lot of sports, but I started to smoke because... Uh, friends smoked but then Mm -hmm. I noticed it affected how I played sports like it was Mm -hmm. I get winded I get I have trouble keeping up and then I don't want to go run I don't want to go train I don't want to go work out so a lot of the times you run into something like that and you're just well I'm not physically fit but I'm exercising right so (laughs) um so as a physical therapist um we kind of we really focus on um, mainly physical activity, encouraging several types of activi- activities into a regular routine. Like, do you go for walks four mm-hmm. or five times a week? Do mm-hmm. you walk your dog? Do you go, um, I don't know, what are some subsistence stuff that, like, I feel like some of the berry picking can be mm-hmm. an aerobic activity. Pulling nets, my Pulling gosh, nets. that's yeah. so aerobic. I, chipping mm-hmm. ice. Chipping like my, ice. In the village, yeah. like, we chip ice. To pack water. And mm-hmm. then melt it and that's your drinking right. water yeah chopping yeah. wood mm-hmm. um dancing like yeah. when the, i went to one of those things at yes. tuxuk and they were just they just are it's like it's like an aerobics class it really <laughs> is it really is hunting that's extremely uh yes. f- challenging physically um carrying heavy things walking through deep snow sure. or uh, or there's going no up rivers snow, like it's it's hard on and you're driving on the snow machine and yeah. there's no snow it's like hard packed snow or ice like it's hard on your body. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so. Uh, aside from like physical, like physical activity, a lot of times you're still taking into account of account the quality of sleep you're getting. Are you mm. getting enough sleep? Mm-hmm. Um, are you getting that regular physical activity? Do you have good hygiene? Um, do you relax at all? Do you have a do you do your routine preventive care? Like, mm-hmm. do you go and see a doctor? Do you yep. do your dental health? Do you like all that can add to just physical health? So, yeah, and and thank you for sharing all that. And it, those are some things that I didn't like think about, like rest. Do mm-hmm. you get rest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because you think about like you have to be on, you have to be moving, you have to be active, but like. I forget that rest is a crucial part of it, that whole cycle as well. So Dr. Hodges, back to the heart. Um, so the heart delivers oxygen and nutrients to different parts of the body. What are some of the most common heart problems in our region here? Sure. So 
probably the most common um, heart problem, maybe the most common medical problem is hypertension. So that's high blood pressure. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about that in, in, a, in a little while. Um, but you can also have heart attacks. So a heart attack is when one of the arteries that, that feeds the muscle of your heart gets blocked, hmm. um, either by a blood clot or by plaque caused by high cholesterol. Um, and the oxygen is cut off to a part of the heart and it gets damaged. That's called a heart attack. Okay. Um, and our acute myocardial ischemia. There's a lot of words for it. It all means the same thing. <laughs> Blockage to the heart muscle, uh, to the blood flow to the heart like muscle. It was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talk a lot about that in uh, medicine. And then there's also heart failure. So heart failure um, is where the heart, you know, so we talked about the heart as a pump, right? So mm-hmm. as the as the pump uh, starts to fail, uh, it gets weaker. Um, and you know, like uh, if your water pump's not working very well, it makes wheezing sounds and it sort of clunks around a bit. Well, your heart does that too. Uh, it doesn't make wheezing sounds, but it stops working as efficiently um, and it becomes weaker. So instead of a nice strong um, beat, um, the beat becomes weaker and weaker and weaker. Huh. So that's heart failure. It can be caused by heart attacks, right? It can be caused by heart yeah. attacks, but it can also be caused by excessive alcohol use. There are certain toxins that can cause it, uh, certain drugs that can cause it. Uh, by, by and far away, the most common cause of heart failure has, is having a heart attack or mm. more than one heart attack, but other things can cause it too. So those are probably the most common heart problems in our region. Okay, so you briefly mentioned uh, blood pressure. So what does it mean to have low blood pressure or high blood pressure? What, and how does that affect the body? Sure. So your blood pressure is in your heart. Um, so when your heart pumps, it pumps the blood into your uh, into your arteries. And um, the arteries, you can think of like a tube. Uh, so I always go back to plumbing. It's a lot like plumbing, right? So uh, you have, uh, as a young person, you have wide, uh, wide arteries. They're big. They're plenty of room. There's nothing blocking their way. Um, but if you imagine sediment building up in a pipe, um, which as you age, a couple of things can happen. One, you can get a buildup of plaque. Uh, you know, on your teeth, you get plaque on your mm-hmm. teeth and you have to have yeah. it scraped off every yeah, now and sure. again by the dentist. Very unpleasant activity that we all have to do. Yeah. Um, well, this same sort of type of thing can build up into your, into your arteries. Um, and that impedes the flow of blood through that through that artery. Also, as you get older, um, as we are privileged to get older, our, our vessels mm-hmm. get stiffer. You know, like your, your joints get stiffer, sure. right? The walls of the arteries get a little stiffer. Well, They're not okay. as elastic. Uh, so like if you think of elastic in a pants, kind of wear out and get stiff. Yes. Um, that happens to your, your vessels in your heart. So so then the, the heart, the, the pump, has to pump harder to get that... Um, uh, blood through those vessels. So high blood pressure just means that um, by a measurement that we've decided as scientists, we're going to cut off at 140 over 90. Uh, if your blood pressure is over that that measurement, um, your heart's working a little too hard and we need to do something about it. So that's high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Low blood pressure is when the heart uh, is, is, is not pumping strong enough to get enough blood through the vessels fast enough. It can happen from losing blood. So if you're bleeding um, excessively, there's not enough blood to go through and your blood, your, your, um, your uh, blood pressure goes down. If people get certain types of serious infections, the blood vessels get leaky. And so think of the water leaking out of those uh, pipes Hmm. um, and then your heart can't squeeze hard enough to keep up with it. So that's kind of like low blood pressure, which is an acute problem. We don't worry about that too much, except in the hospital, I think. Um, But the high blood pressure, that's the issue that we worry about because it makes your heart work too hard. And as a pump, it's a mechanical thing. It's going to wear out eventually. And so you want to lower that pressure to keep your heart not having to work as hard. So are, are there things um, like when people have either low or high blood pressure that physically um, that 
the body has a response to? Like, are there things that are harder for people with either high or low blood pressure to do when it comes to physical therapy, moving around? I would say yes. I feel like we do see a fair amount of patients who have high blood pressure. Um, and a lot of the times, then that excess uh, demand for the heart to pump when we have them doing low-grade activity. Can and what is low-grade activity? For like, those of us who like don't... walking okay. or just even just standing. Regular, yeah, just regular things, everyday some... stuff. Yes. Oh, okay. It can cause, I mean, they can... You see them with profuse sweating. Like it mm. just causes them to show a little bit more, like not a little bit, a lot of bit more exertion than mm-hmm. it normally would. Like stress okay. kind of. Yeah, almost, stress. Like physical stress on the body. Yeah. So a lot of times we do grade that in physical therapy is like if someone hasn't been doing exercise consistently, you'll notice when someone we put like them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. But we see some ones that are a little bit more deconditioned. Like, and then we have them do just a six minute walk test. You can, it, it, it tells you a lot on their physical huh. condition on whether or not um, they have been exercising. It doesn't tell me if they have high blood pressure. Sure. It doesn't tell me if they have low blood pressure, but it sure does play a role in their uh, endurance. Um, as far as low blood pressure, we don't tend to see that in physical therapy. I feel like we, I can't, I, I don't know. Have you seen it, Dr. Hodges? Do, I feel like- You sometimes see like people faint when they stand up too quickly. That's oh, what I was gonna say. Orthostatic like hypotension, yeah, kind of like yeah. that, yeah. Hypotension, they'll, yeah. yeah. And, that, and if you have this, so this is a condition that you have standing up slowly. And mm-hmm. I know um, our occupational therapists and our physical therapists can work a little bit with people who have that problem where, um, and everyone probably feels a little faint after they crouch for a little bit sure. and they yeah. stand up rapidly. Sure. Everyone yeah. feels a little faint. And that's a but little more bit- more so for the yeah. low blood pressure. pressure folks. Right. And so that can really, that, that can affect your well-being yes. quite a bit. Yes. And, and then people become hesitant to do rapid movement because sure. they oh, feel like yeah, they're going to yeah. faint. So that, that can be a problem. Yes. That yeah. does make sense. Actually, now that you mentioned that, I've had people come in as far as they do come up, they sit up really quickly. Mm-hmm. They are dizzy because of something like that. Um, I have also had people who are just generally non-mobile, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're just sitting all day or they are laying in bed all day. We Mm -hmm. tend to work with compression Mm -hmm. so that compression on the legs to help because the way the heart works as far as the the pump that pumps the blood Mm -hmm. out, it's not necessarily, there's no pump from the end coming back, right? So it's movement, physical movement and the muscles that are pumping that blood back up to the heart. Mm -hmm. If someone stays static for some time, which reminds me of my brother-in-law who actually almost fainted just by standing when he was getting married. Oh. So <laughs> like, it, it's just the, all the blood is just away from the heart and all of a sudden you don't have any return yeah. and then they get lightheaded. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it is definitely uh, that. Yeah. That definitely can happen mm-hmm. for sure. So let's talk about cholesterol. And you mentioned that a little bit a while ago, um, Dr. Hodges, what is it? And I, I recently went to the doctor and got some blood work done and, um, the doctor diagnosed me with hyperlipidemia. So like coming up to age 40 and, yeah. you know, have I was in school the last six years. So I'm like working full time, sitting at my desk, going home and sitting at the in a class all yeah. evening and writing papers and doing research. So like I haven't been the most active that I had been like um, about five years ago. We were training to do a half marathon here yeah. in Bethel. And so we were like super active and we we're super um conscientious about moving around and and stretching out and and eating right and drinking enough water things like that but um 
what does it mean to have hyperlipidemia and um, what are some of the implications um, if I don't get that under control? Sure. So cholesterol and, and, and your lipids in your blood, um, so they're... You, you have to have cholesterol. Cholesterol is important for, for you to be mm-hmm. alive. Cholesterol is part of your cell membranes. So every cell in your body has cholesterol in it to help keep your cell membranes alive. It's an important component of many hormones that go around in our body, like estrogen and testosterone. They're part, they have cholesterol in them as building blocks. Vitamin D, you, ha- you can't make vitamin D without cholesterol. So okay. you need cholesterol. It's, it's, not a, it's not an enemy. It's not your enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some cases, people have too much cholesterol in their blood, and that causes them to build up that sediment I was talking about earlier on the yeah. sidewalls mm-hmm. of their arteries. Yeah. Uh, which causes your heart to work harder, and it makes a problem. So, um, and then hyperlipidemia is just another term for that, where it builds up a little, and there's just um, a little bit too much around it. And I always tell people, you can never be too careful who your parents are, because that's where your cholesterol comes from. A lot of the cholesterol is genetic, um, so you it's made in your <laughs> liver. Um, and if you're if you didn't choose your parents carefully enough, <laughs> you'll have too Darn. much cholesterol. No. Um, and you can control your cholesterol to in a certain extent with diet. So if you eat a diet low in cholesterol, high in fiber, and high in those antioxidants, you can lower your cholesterol a certain amount. Not not a lot, but enough in some cases, especially someone as young as you, to make a difference. Um, but some people need medication. Um, and there's a lot of very powerful medications out there that uh, lower cholesterol and can um, prevent heart attacks and strokes and reverse the plaque buildup that has happened. Um, your body will actually start removing that plaque as you lower your cholesterol with some of these medications. Oh, wow. So that's how that works. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, and the medications aren't without side effects. You have to visit your doctor. You you have to get regular mm-hmm. blood testing to make sure your liver is working okay and all these kinds of things. But those medicines are good for that kind of thing. Um, and certainly if you have ever, if you have had a heart attack or a stroke, uh, more than likely your doctor will have recommended that you take that medication. So Eliza, let's go back to you. Um, what are some of the most common injuries that you see in the clinic? Um, we're learning that if we're not able to exercise properly and regularly, um, we could be in trouble. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I had read the script and then I was thinking, oh my goodness, he's going to ask me to put it in a generality and simplicity to the injuries (laughs) that we see. So then I was thinking, well, I mean, um, living out here brings so many different types of injuries Mm -hmm. at so many different age groups. But if I were to break it down to age groups and most common ones, Mm -hmm. if you're looking at like elementary school or younger I want to say mostly broken bones, like mm-hmm. if you, like rehabbing from that range of motion. But what's so great about young children is when they do get hurt, yeah. when things stop hurting, they move. Yes. Like they just go back and they want to play and they want to go run. So, And their bodies are changing all the time. So their cells, they're beautiful. They yeah, like yeah. regenerate and they like heal well from things. But then you get to like like young adults will tend to see more trauma like sport sport injuries um subsistence activity injuries that kind of stuff in the younger adults into like the adulthood um and then we treat those but then as you get to adulthood which is including all of us (laughs) you'll get those repetitive injuries like you you it's a thing you've always done and now you're doing it and now our cells are older and they don't respond well kind of like the arteries you were talking about as we age they get hard so less elastic so we're seeing 
elbows, elbow injuries, repetitive elbow injuries, shoulder injuries. Mm -hmm. Nothing could have actually torn or anything, but you just have these repetitive things. Believe it or not, like it's been a while. Like I always tell people after a certain age, we don't reach above our head, but then we start doing it like painting and I have impingement because I haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. But what's nice about out here, they hang fish all the time. Like, right? Oh, yeah. Like, they're I always above their yeah. head. Yeah. Yeah. But they, if you couple it with earlier, I fell on my shoulder. It dislocated. But now I'm older and the tissues are uh, more rigid. Now I'm doing this and it's not as, as happy. So then yeah. you see repetitive stuff in the, the adults. But... And then you go into the elderly who, if they are traditionally more subsistence based, Mm -hmm. they move well. They just have degenerative issues. Like you have the degenerative knees Mm -hmm. that get stiff and then um, arthritic irritation Mm -hmm. because of previous injuries. So all that we deal with from young to old. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Did that help? That was really interesting. I I appreciate it. And I, what I was thinking of when I, you know, wrote that was, um, it, when you have a person like me who doesn't hasn't exercised in a while and like wanting to get back yeah. like what are some of the most sure. common things that you see from like being sedentary um for yeah. like most of the school year or you know mm-hmm. after right. certain seasons yes. like in the summertime we're out yes. we're doing things we're like hitching the boat onto the truck and right. we're you know doing a lot more physical activity mm-hmm. But when we're in this season where we're struggling to keep <laughs> our, Alive, our the, the heat going and the, sure. the plumbing, you know, from freezing, like what are some of the things that I should um, be wary of when I go back to the gym? Sure. When that day comes. So what's what's interesting is that our mind doesn't forget how active we were and feels like I could still do that. Like if, for example, when we go out to play volleyball, mm-hmm. I think I can hit and spike that ball. And yeah. I haven't done one in like four months, yeah, five yeah. months. And then you go and all of the, all of a sudden this excessive pressure is there. You're likely to, because things aren't as flexible, can hurt shoulders, can hurt knees because we haven't been conditioned for that. Like sure. we haven't trained for something like that. What I enjoy about the summertime is that people have this this low-grade activity. They, they berry pick. They fish. They do this. They're always mm-hmm. moving, which is nice because a lot of injuries that are repetitive work itself out because we continue to be active mm-hmm. in the summertime. If you got injured during the summertime, a lot of times you're then sedentary through the winter, and then you're likely going to get hurt mm-hmm. again, which is usually what we also run into. So we try and tell people that... Even though you've done it before, you still have to, I try and break things down. If I'm going to, let's say, um, chop wood, like Mm -hmm. I will stretch and get that range of motion in my shoulders and then work on trying to do stuff like that. So like take it kind of slow and break it down a little? I guess, yeah, you could say, yeah, break it down a little bit. Um, A lot of the times in this situation, people just go out and do an activity without actually Mm -hmm. warming up. So people do get hurt. So those are just more of the things that I I have to educate people on. It's like when you're going to go and chop wood, kind of just start slow like you said yeah like just stretch out bring your arms up because that's the motion you're gonna have to work see how it feels 
yeah it, we do get back on it like riding a bike right sure like you, you remember it it's just that now making those muscles hey i haven't used you in a while let's try and do something you know one thing i've noticed as i've gotten older is that uh when i was younger a mild injury i could do that i could work through it mm -hmm. and it would resolve itself and mm -hmm. i wouldn't have the pain or ache anymore mm -hmm. you know but as i get older i notice that those be can tend to become more nagging mm -hmm. and i assume that's just related to general aging yes and muscle uh less lack of muscle extensibility mm -hmm. like we use it it gets engorged with blood and then we sit and we rest and then it it rests tight huh. and then you i mean that's usually yeah. what happens um and then or you get injured and then the muscle just wants to stay closer yeah. to each other the fibers just want to and then on top of that that then compounds with the joint doesn't want to move yeah. because it's stiff anyways so it's yeah. just like but I've certainly yeah. have noticed that as I've gotten older that mm -hmm. I have like, you know, uh, just the other day I tweaked my foot a little bit walking on the ice. You know, the ice really hard yeah. ground and it's a little ri uh, rutted and I just slipped a little funny on the ice and I was like, my foot hurt for like the whole next day. Yeah. And I was like, for oh. God's sakes, you know, like what's going on here? Like I should be able to recover from this kind of thing. But I think that's one of the aging things and mm -hmm. just being more gentle with your body and taking it slow, I yeah. think is a good lesson mm -hmm. there. So I think we've made some good head um, headway into the next um theme that we're going to be talking about like um how to keep your body healthy at every stage like with um with all of the things that we do out here with chopping wood with packing water with chipping ice what are some of the basic things that how should i um start every day you know and and, and every person in the village who has to live a pretty harsh lifestyle in this weather right. um, how do we start the day your recommendation my <laughs> warm up <laughs> i feel like one of the main things i tell a lot of people is is to stretch it's our mm -hmm. not favorite thing to do mm -hmm. you were asking me earlier about yoga and meditation people just don't have time for that sure, i mean yeah. it's just like people want to exercise and they're like want to sweat and everything like that stretching isn't something people like to do but stretching is what keeps that extensibility and the joints moving the way they should be mm -hmm. so um if it's, for example, like I was telling you earlier, like with chopping wood, where you have to use your core or you have to use your shoulders more, it's stretch the shoulders out. Make sure if if I'm tight and I can't get my arms all the way out to the side or all the way up, my, up above my head, I need to work where I can get that there because you're then going to use a momentum with an axe right mm -hmm. so that can cause that can lead you to more injuries but stretching like you said earlier breaking down the activity and doing it short segment by segment that's what physical therapists do therapists do they kind of look at what the movement they're trying to achieve where are they missing this motion and is the motion in the shoulders or is it is it the core just mm -hmm. weak just different things right yeah. um and then looking at like stability like leg leg stability leg positioning that kind of stuff so that we don't injure ourselves that way so it it's a there's a lot to work on but ideally it's flexibility mm -hmm. for me it's especially if we are getting back into activity or um doing a new a, a task that we haven't done in a while or an activity we haven't done in a while is get that motion first um, and it doesn't take long. It's first thing in the morning, stretch, open your arms up, bring your arms above your head, bend forward. It's kind of like those general stretches. <laughs> yeah, like in elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> Touch your toes. Yeah. Put your hands on your hips. 
bend backwards so that back actually gets there. Bring the knees to the chest, come up on your toes, like check to see if everything's moving right. And then go do stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Those are really Excellent tips. tips, yeah. Yeah, so finally, let's talk about um, what our favorite activities are, uh, both indoors and outdoors. And Eliza and I, we talked about this a little bit before the show. Uh, we met seven years ago playing uh, volleyball outdoors. Oh, I was fun. so excited to find people playing <laughs> volleyball. Um, and that's one of the favorite things that I like to do in the summertime when we have time. Sure. Um, and so, to, uh, Eliza, let's start with you. Let's talk. What are some of your favorite activities? Well, I mean, I, I love the summertime. Volleyball uh -huh. is where it's at. I really enjoy sports. I was never the type of person that would be like, let me go to the gym and run on the treadmill, mm -hmm. <laughs> throw a ball in front of me, and I, I sound like a dog, but like throw a ball yeah. in front of me and I'll <laughs> chase it. But that's just because it's like nicer when you're with people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I like doing activity with other people. It could be just like volleyball or softball mm -hmm. or even just um, hanging out. I mean, we have poker nights. Like, it's just that social, physical health aspect of everything. Sure. Okay. So, um, but there are times where, like we talked earlier, there are things you want to do by yourself, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, if you really, sometimes when I really need to get stress out, I'll just go on the treadmill and just sure. let it sweat out. Because that's just how your body, that at least my body, lets stress go, mm -hmm. right? So, those would be the main things. Right now, winter sporting. I don't know if there's a winter sport <laughs> that I play. Uh, ping pong. We have a ping pong table. Yeah. yeah name a sport. I want to play it. Just not That's outside awesome. in you the cold. When I, when I get on the treadmill, I can't listen to music. Really? Mm. I can't. Otherwise, what, what like, do you listen to? Um, uh, podcasts. Okay. Oh, or yeah, the news. Nice. Like, yeah. I, I have. If I have beats, like it. Mm -hmm. it messes up my rhythm oh. like my breathing oh, like your strides the breathing like that, yeah. so that really i tend to like breathe too fast or not be sure. mindful i'm not mindful of my breathing sure so yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it takes away like i can't listen to yeah. music when i'm on on the treadmill i i appreciate it because i could pace myself mm -hmm. and i know how fast i'm going and how long i'm going how far i've gone right. Um, those are things I appreciate about the yeah. treadmill, and it keeps me out of the cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting you say that because when I go on the treadmill, I don't want to hear me breathing because it <laughs> sounds like I'm going to die. So, like, I will put headphones in, but you're right. There is a cadence yeah. that, that, I have to that find really that. dictates how fast you move your feet because when a song comes on that's too slow, yeah. you are thrown out of that. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a cadence that everybody's, they have a unique one. Sure. It's like you have to find that 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 pace that you can, a lot of people just, I have a friend, she just wanted to run, she has to run a mile, she runs it as fast as she can so she doesn't have to do it for very long. Oh. Yeah. Me, Get done with it. <laughs> yeah, me, I'm like, I don't want to hurt myself, so like I'm yeah. going to run but make sure I'm not walking. So it's like I'm going to go at a slower pace. But I also want to go longer right so sure. i slow my pace down so that you can go for 20 30 minutes mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah but it's interesting because once i start to hear myself breathing then i just i'm like <gasps> <laughs> it, that throws me off so uh, it's interesting that you say that uh, that's and, and dr hodges what are some of your favorite things to do outside well, or inside uh, it's a good question it's funny because i'm sort of the exact opposite of eliza <laughs> I, i'm horrible at sports like i'm very uncoordinated last person picked for teams <laughs> in elementary school and um so um i kind of like the things that are um a little bit more you know um 
like a single person can do them without another person having to rely on you because I'm not a very good teammate. So um, I have uh, a lot of dogs, a lot of rescue dogs. Yeah, so I, I, I walk I see dogs. You walking your dog. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, and they're very active and they're a little bit naughty if they don't get exercise. So uh, mm. I walk I my guys dogs. Met them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're you now you know they're they're, they're rescues. <laughs> they have hard lives before I got them. Anyway, so I walk my dogs a lot. So I really enjoy that. Um, I recently took up running again, and I like to run outside. Um, actually, although I will mention that um, it has been very cold lately, and I. <laughs> Yeah. 30 blows my cutoff and I won't go outside up. But, but I do like to run outside and I like the meditative aspect of it. And I don't listen to music or anything because I usually have my dogs with me and wow. I listen to them. So, I, so we recently took that up and I, well, I don't love running and I would never say that I love running. I do like the meditative aspect of it and mm -hmm. the um, uh, accomplishment of, of doing it. Sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we're talking about blood pressure. So your exercise lowers your blood pressure uh, more than any oral medication that you can possibly take. So if people think about ways to make their blood pressure lower and um, if they want to, especially if they're experiencing side effects of the medications that they're taking, regular physical exercise lowers your blood pressure. Just a little plug there oh, for regular nice. physical exercise. Um, and um, But I do I do love also to walk. I just love to walk. I love to hike and I love to be out of doors um, mm -hmm. any time of the year. Um, and indoors, there's not really that very much that I like. I don't really like to run on treadmills. Um, it makes my feet numb for some reason that I've oh. never really been able to understand. Sure. Uh, but you have to sometimes if, if, you're, if you yeah. need to train for something and you have to run on treadmills, and I do understand that. Um, so that, that, those are kind of the things I like to do. But I like to be outside, and I like to do that. I like to do kind of the things. And I, 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 and I do like to go fishing, like, in the summer. I don't do much ice fishing, but in the summer I like to go fishing and pull the net in and all that kind of stuff. I really enjoy that. So Nice. And um, so I wanted to... Before I end the show, I wanted to ask if there were any interesting heart facts, any any oh, kind of yeah. like interesting or weird things about the heart. So that you we were talking about this right before we started the recording. So one of the things that I I I, I think the heart is absolutely fascinating. I think I could have been a cardiologist. Actually, I really enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> I really did. I really enjoyed I mean, that. I did. I had the way a way you talk about it. Is oh yeah, I had impressive. a very inspiring mentor, uh, cardiologist, when I was in in medical school. Anyway, so one of the things that um, you think about a transplanted heart. So people who've had a transplanted heart, um, there's um, they're at high risk to get get heart disease in their transplanted in their brand new heart. Um, and it starts at about 10, 10 years or twenty years after they get the heart transplanted. So there's this theory that um, if you so even a young person can get heart disease at a young age if they got a heart transplant as a child. So um, I always. Well, Wow. Think of how miraculous our body is that it helps regulate our heart and keep it safe from heart disease. Um, and once you um, get the gift of a new heart, um, you lose a little bit of that protection. You gain life because most people mm -hmm. would die without the heart transplant. Uh, but you get this payoff in this thing. And it just seems to me like a mysterious, miraculous thing uh, that yeah. your your body protects your own native heart. Um, and it can't do that to uh, to a transplanted heart as, as easily. Uh, and I always think that's a little bit mystical. I think there's probably a good reason for it having to do with like the anti-transplant medication or the anti-rejection medications and things like that but I like to think of it as mystical <laughs> myself anyway um, and that you know you your body does a lot of regulation of your heartbeat so um, you speed it up and slow it down based on what you're doing and how you're feeling right so um, when you exercise your heart rate goes up and when you stop exercising your heart rate goes down but when you're nervous your heart rate goes up right yeah. and mm -hmm. when you're relaxed your heart rate goes down yeah. you can use biofeedback techniques and breathing techniques to lower your heart rate um, so there's a lot of things you can do with your heart rate but if you have a transplanted heart you can't do that as easily oh so because yeah so huh? it's not connected to your sympathetic sure. nervous system so you can't do that as easily uh so just as another reminder of how magical and mystical that organ is and how your body all works together to keep it 
safe and protected because it's so important um, for your for your life. And probably the last thing that I really I find very touching, and I remember learning this in medical school, is that people uh, can get heart attacks from broken hearts. They can actually have heart damage uh, from being incredibly sad or depressed. Not everybody who is sad or depressed gets heart damage, but you can damage your heart. Uh, you can get a broken heart. Um, and then if you've had a heart attack, um, the hormones that are released and the chemicals that are released from your heart um, make you a little bit more prone to depression. It's something to think about in people who have had a heart attack in the post-heart attack months yeah. is they're a little bit more prone to serious depression and that um, may need help with counseling or medication to treat that. Um, so your heart really is... Um, it is sort of a mechanical pump, but it's also, I think, this like mystical, wonderful part of your well-being. So You know, I, I talked a little bit about listening to podcasts, and one of them, I, I love listening to Oprah. Um, and <laughs> she talked about um, when she was going through menopause, um, her heart was palpitating, mm -hmm. and she went and saw a heart doctor. She They got her on medication. But what she didn't know was that it was because of menopause, mm -hmm. and that happens. Yeah. As you go through lots of changes in your life, uh, people can get palpitations. Um, so for people who don't know, palpitations are like when your heart feels like your heart skips a beat or mm -hmm. beats too quickly. Um, so if you've ever drank a bunch of energy drinks, almost everyone who drinks a bunch of energy drinks will get pal or lots of caffeine. You'll get that pal palpitations. It can be very disconcerting, right? It feels very dangerous. Like maybe yes. your heart's going to quit. It's sort of a scary thing. They're very safe. Like most of the time, palpitations are very safe. They, mm -hmm. Your heart's not going to quit beating as a result of those. Um, and some people have them all the time and can't feel them. But yeah, menopause is one of those um, physio physiological conditions that can lead to sort of an irritation of your heart that makes it either skip a beat or take too many beats, which feels like a palpitation. Yeah, and, and thank you for sharing all those interesting facts. <laughs> and I, I always end the show um, by asking uh, for three uh, takeaways. So, Eliza, what are your three takeaways today from the show? Um, I wrote this stuff down. Um, <laughs> um, the first one for me would be um, physical activity four to five times a week. Mm -hmm. That means not just walking but raising your heart rate where you feel like the heart rate has been raised and it's not like it has to be done for an hour just for 15 to 20 minutes oh that's it for okay. yeah that sounds it's, doable it is <laughs> very doable walking the dog that yeah. sometimes especially in this kind of weather <laughs> walking the dog especially my naughty dogs. <laughs> Um, another thing is that, I mean, everybody knows this, but our bodies were made to move. They weren't made to stay still. Um, so if you find yourself um, stiff, it's generally because of non-movement. Um, and then I'm going to plug physical therapy. Like if you are usually doing things um, that all of a sudden you get pain with, seek out a consult from physical mm -hmm. therapy. We can try and work this out and figure it out because what I do, try to avoid people doing is um i played basketball i hurt my knee now i'm just not playing basketball mm -hmm. right so yeah. and, and um it's it it shouldn't be like that especially if they're in their 20s even mm -hmm. in their 30s even in their 40s if they've been doing it in the 50 or over league right so you're you should be moving you should seek out consult from a physical therapist if there was an injury that we can really mm -hmm. help out with so yeah. Well, I will say that Eliza has treated my uh, injury <laughs> as a physical therapist, and I was extremely pleased with the outcome, and my elbow pain vanished. So That's awesome. I can personally attest to her skill as a physical therapist. Good tips. And then Dr. Hodges. 
So I think for me, eating healthy foods, so making sure that you um, are deliberate about your diet. And you don't have to be deliberate every day, all day. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you can have chips, you can have candy, but just for, most, for the most part, watch what you're eating. Try to eat healthy if you can. Um, and it doesn't have to be a dramatic change in your diet. Just little changes can make a big difference. If you have hypertension or you have heart problems, take medication that the doctor recommends. And, and don't stop them without talking to your doctor. Mm. So let's say you're having a side effect from a medication and you don't like how it makes you feel. Um, Talk to your doctor before you stop it or your healthcare yeah. provider. Don't just quit your medicines because you feel bad and never go back. Uh, we want to see you regularly. We want to, and we will talk to you. There's lots and lots of different medications we can try, and everybody wants you to be healthy. So don't stop your blood pressure medicines and take them if they've been prescribed to you. Um, and um, I guess my last thing is to quit tobacco if you use it. It's it's really bad for you. And and we have a helpline, uh, the tobacco helpline at the hospital. You can call them uh, for tobacco cessation and counseling. Um, and sometimes it takes a hundred times to try yeah. to quit um, and maybe on that 101st time you'll do it but yeah. um, it, chewing tobacco and smoking tobacco is just really bad for your health yeah. so yeah stop it if you can yeah I have, well, I have a funny story for that yeah. if we have time go ahead when I told you when I was younger and we I played tennis and I was not able to run as well and I wasn't I hate losing don't oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was learning I wasn't getting to what I needed to be that actually made me stop tobacco <laughs> pretty nice. quickly like to that competitive yes because i hate feeling winded when the other person i'm playing doesn't even look like they're trying so yeah this tobacco cessation is um motivated by different things yeah right yeah. sometimes it's because you want something different in life and then sometimes it's because you're making a conscious choice for yourself and then there's other things like we in physical therapy we have to tell them S tobacco stops a surgery from happening, mm -hmm. right? Like ACL oh. repairs. They are told to be tobacco free for at least three months before they do wow. an, a before repair. Before they'll even schedule it. Huh. Yeah, so they've hip replacement, yeah, knee replacement. I didn't know that. That's yeah. So wow. it's something that it's it's a big thing. It it's delays healing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's bad for your cardiovascular health, but um, one of the main reasons also is it delays healing. Mm -hmm. So if it it and it, it increases your risk of infection after surgery. So um, there's so many bad things that tobacco does to your body, <laughs> and um, I think quitting smoking and quitting chewing tobacco um, is some of the best things you can do for your health. That's awesome. Well, I've enjoyed the show, and um, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Guyana, um, to everyone who's listening, I'm Nikolai Joke, and this is Excellent Health with the Yukon Kaskukum Health Corporation.